Today's podcast is brought to you by the Motorist Assistance Plan, also called MAP. You'll learn more about how you can equip every customer with this valuable protection later on in this episode. Hello and welcome to FNI Talk Outside the Box from EFG Companies. I'm Dave Gibbs, training manager for EFG, and I am very excited to have back Shannon Robertson, the executive director of the Association of Finance and Insurance Professionals, also known as AFIP, back on to our podcast. Welcome back, Shannon. Thank you, Dave. I'm glad to be back. Well, Shannon, man, it's been a little while since we last spoke. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. However, we've had a lot happen in the last six months. Yeah, we really have. Thinking about those things, what's changed in your world since we last had you on our show? Well, the sad part is, as you know, not, not a lot's changed. The, the focus is still where it's where it was six months ago. And I think the focus is going to stay where it is for the next six months, maybe 18 months. And I think the focus is on several things. One, all of these dealers have gone digital, right? During the pandemic, we've seen a lot of dealers that really try to not accept technology change, all of a sudden embrace technology fast and furious. And then we still have the government's focus on our markup over the buy rate and our markup of aftermarket products. I think the focus for a as we move with move together with our clients is due diligence. By due diligence, you're, you're meaning that all the dealership personnel do everything they can to be as compliant and, and following to the letter of the law as possible while still delivering vehicles. 100% correct. Let's talk about digital contracting for a minute, right? Okay. A lot of the dealers that have embraced the uh, new technology, right, are under the impression that these technology companies are also compliance companies. And as you know, they're not, right? A exactly. technology company provides the technology needed to perform the necessary actions electronically that you would otherwise have done on paper format, where a compliance company comes in to make sure that what you're doing is actually within the compliance guideline. So one of the risks that we've seen with uh, the embracing of technology is the dealer taking the appropriate due diligence steps to make sure that their online or iPad or whatever their e-contracting process is, is it within the compliance guidelines. And there's due diligence there that they need to be following to properly vet out the vendors they use and the menus they're using are still within the compliance guidelines as well. And I'll give a good example. We had a dealer that we were working with where they were not showing base payment on a menu simply because if it was out of compliance, the menu company wouldn't let us do it. And as you know, base payment is something you need to have on a menu when presenting products and presenting the price of the vehicle. You really do, Shannon, and that has to do with the disclosure showing the customer the impact of the products and what they have on the base payment of the cost for the customer. Is that correct? Absolutely. Well, you know, along those lines, Shannon, I, I recently read an article in Auto Finance News about how um, some of the regulators are putting greater scrutiny also in the area of e-contracting. Ha- have you seen that play out? Is there maybe some insight you can give to us? So I, I can tell you what we've seen from an e-contracting standpoint and some of the risk or some of the concerns. And, and I think it's important that dealers understand that all keystrokes and all copies are stored digitally when you do an e-contracting process. So if I have up a 
TILA contract, if I'm marking that contract digitally, highlighting, circling, and then I clear it out and bring up a new contract for the customer to sign, that original version is stored electronically. And, and my understanding of that, Shannon, is it needs to be reproducible. Is that correct? Even You're in correct. electronic form? You're 100% correct. So what the eSign Act says that whatever you do electronically basically has the same requirements as something you would have done on paper. So the disclosure process, the, you know, the signature process, the providing copies of the contract, every, you know, reviewing the document, nothing changes. It's now done electronically. The problem or the concern we see is it makes it easier for the dealer to then maybe pull up on an iPad or maybe electronically show a customer or send them the information electronically to sign in return. The right. question is, did the dealer ever call the customer when they received the paperwork and properly disclose it? And that goes back to some of the vetting process, not only of how they handle that e-contracting, but looking at their processes as we do these digital remote signings or even in person and, and make sure that that's actually happening. You're correct. That needs to be documented. It needs to be put in the deal jacket that despite the fact that it was done electronically, this right. is when this is how the disclosure took place. Right. You call the customer on the state, start time, start at the call, end of the call time that you have the specifics available in the deal jacket. And let me ask you this, because you alluded to some of it earlier. What do you feel that the legislators, the lawmakers in this country are really most concerned about going into this next year? Well, you know, if we look back at the CFPB and what happened four or five years ago, their major area of concern was our customers treated fairly equally, regardless of what gender, race, religion, if we go through Reg B, regardless of, of, of those items. And as we saw with the markup over the buy rate, right, there were funding sources and dealers find a, a very large amount for what the CFPB said were inconsistencies on how people were treated. Statistical anomalies, I think is what we call them. So with right. that said, that's continuing to be the focus moving forward. The government wants to make sure the customers are treated fair and equitably. The prices are presented consistently fair and equitable as well. This is why you need to have a dealership policy on your markup over the buy rate. This is why dealers need to implement the NADA voluntary protection product policy that makes sure their products are priced accordingly, offered fairly, and they have a documented process on how they handle can cancellations and complaints. You've heard every objection in the book when selling a VSC. Just like Goldilocks and her porridge, your customers want that perfect fit. How can a perfect fit for them increase your dealership's bottom line by up to $1,800 per month? It's simple. With EFG's MAP, you can create a completely custom plan tailored exactly to the driving habits and budget of your customers. It's so easy to sell with condensed coverage levels, expanded surcharges and deductibles, and terms in 2,500 mile increments. Give your customers exactly what they want to increase customer satisfaction and product penetration. Sign up for MAP today and prepare to take your F&I profitability to the next level. Go to efgcompanies.com for more details. So, Shannon, in, in talking about uh, dealerships having a solid process of compliance and disclosures and, and protections of the customer's non-public information, financial information, in your experience over this past year or so, have you seen 
quite a few dealerships that maybe they've written the process, it hasn't been implemented, or they just haven't even come up with a, with a good process to protect the consumer and the dealership. So Dave, you'd think for as long as these rules have been around, the answer would be, I don't see this anymore. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's right. not the case. I would say that on a regular basis throughout this year, we have found dealers that either had a process put in, put in place five, eight you know, years ago that haven't updated it, dealers with no process in place, or dealers that feel like they're paying a third party to put a process into place without having that process actually in place. And and just to give you a dramatic example, I still find dealers not using risk-based pricing notices, older buyer's guides, wow. and still not using some of the required uh, documents from a, you know, from a disclosure standpoint. Yeah, so Shannon, it, it, it is kind of shocking to see uh, that there are still a lot of dealerships that don't have that written process that, that's executed, updated, and trained on on a consistent basis. And, and in saying that, potentially, what are some of the outcomes of a dealership that doesn't really take compliance seriously? How could that have a, a big impact on, on them operating as a business? It's a good question. You know, we have the FCRA that's involved. We have right. the um, Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act. We have the FTC. We have your state attorney generals. We have the CFPB. So there's a lot of agencies that can get involved. The, right. 20, the 2021 fine amount is $43,792 from a compliance standpoint per violation for each vehicle sold since the enforcement date. Wow. So as you know, that, that amount can add up quickly. Then we're going to add potential UDAP fines, right? Unfair, deceptive acts and practices. Yep. The FCRA will hold the dealer accountable for negligence, for not having a process in place to keep someone from using a stolen identity and purchasing a vehicle in your store. So there's additional fines that come into place. Now they're potentially subject to civil liability from a, from a civil lawsuit. Yeah. So it's a compounding effect. The biggest area of concern that I would say is not having compliance guidelines in place and getting fined. You're pretty much shooting a flare gun into the air, telling every government agency that over has oversight, come audit me because you're going to find a problem and I'm going to pay you some money. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. And in addition to a flare gun to the, the state and federal governments, I mean, just think of the concern that the your funding sources, your your lending partners, their shock and, and their concern should a dealership get popped with, with violations. It could really put a damper on or even uh, ruin and terminate those relations. Well, and let's go one step further. We don't recover well from negative hits, PR hits at our industry. That's right. right. So if we get fined for not having basic rules in place to protect identity and protect our consumers or our customers, right? How quickly are we going to lose that loyal customer base? Yeah, it'll, it'll vanish uh, pretty quickly and it's going to be very difficult to get that confidence back. That That's something that could take years and put a dealership in ruin. That's some great information. And what type of advice are, are you and your organization giving to dealerships? now looking forward into 2022 to maintain the compliance that we've been discussing. Would it be having that written process and executing it consistently? 
I would say not just that process, but process overall. Okay. Having a documented, written compliance process, following those guidelines, and showing due diligence that it's being done. Right? As you know, as you know, dealers can I can create a compliance guideline, stick it in a folder, throw it over my shoulder on the wall, and if I never do an audit or never do a check to make sure it's being implemented, then it doesn't protect me at all. And that's really the key is having these protections in place from, from the moment the customer touches at the dealership, whether it's a digital or a physical engagement, all the way through the process of funding and accounting. It's just got to be consistent. It's about placing barriers in between you know, the dealership and possible things such as prosecution under uh, UDAP laws and just getting some overall pretty bad press for simply not doing the things that the law requires and, and to have in place. I, I think I think, Dave, you and I are a broken record. I think I know I've heard you say it. I say it a lot, but the process protects the dealer, the customer, and the employee every time. Well, it, it really does, Shannon. And I just want to thank you so much for being on our show again. Man, you always provide our listeners with truly insightful and useful information uh, that they can listen to and immediately go to work on making their dealership more compliant. Thank you for having me, Dave. Hopefully I'll see you again maybe in the next six months. Well, folks, that is all for today on our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us to let us know how we impacted your business or to ask questions for us to answer on the next podcast, please do not hesitate to email us at trainingservices at efgusa.com. We would love to hear from you. Well, thanks for listening to our show today. If you like what you heard, please do rate us in Google Play or the iTunes store and be sure to subscribe to hear more EFG F&I talk outside the box. An EFG production.